0: God, for the very air we breathe, Lord God, for the life we live, and I thank you and praise you for each person here, and the blessing that they are uh, for Julie and I, to your church, to your body here, Lord God, to your body in heaven. And Lord, I just pray, Lord God, that Lord, that you would just have your way this service, have your way in our lives, have your way in all the works of our hands and all our finances, Lord God. Lord, we surrender our will to you, and we just thank you and give you praise for what you're doing and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Yep. I said the kids can be dismissed after the announcements. No, after the after the offering. We gotta make some space here. I don't like I don't like a cluster. I don't like having like clean space, clean slate. Amen. Hey, that's what God gives us when we accept Him, isn't it? A clean slate. All right. At all kinds of scripture today. The title of my sermon is called The Grace of God. The Grace of God. What does it mean to be in God's grace? In order to understand that question, we gotta understand what grace is. Do you know what grace is? <laughs> grace turned and looked at me. <laughs> no, I didn't say do you know where grace is? <laughs> God's grace is God's love in action. towards men and women who merited the opposite of love. Do you understand that question? That answer? Grace is God's love toward us even though we didn't merit one drop of it. Even though we are the totally opposite of it. God's grace It was given to us. Grace means God sending his one and only son to descend into hell, to die on the cross so that we guilty ones might be reconciled to him and be received in heaven forever. That's what grace means. That means God died for us, shed his blood on the cross, went to hell, rose victorious for us, for our sins, for our guilt and shame, shame. And then for us to be with him eternally in the kingdom of heaven. 2 Corinthians 5:21 says this. He said God made him who had no sin to be sin for us So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him to become sin. Or God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become we might become the righteousness of God. Lord, I pray that you would take control over my tongue. (laughs) No more slurring in Jesus' name. Grace might be defined as the unmerited or undeserving favor of God to those who are under condemnation. Even though we don't deserve it, God gives it. It's a gift. Grace is a gift from God. In Romans 3, verses 21 through 24, it says this. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known. Back in the Old Testament, they had to live by the law, didn't they? And they couldn't live by it. It was impossible to live by the law. But now, it says, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known. He is talking about Jesus Christ. Paul is... To which the law and the prophets testify. So in other words, the law and the prophets were prophesying. Were saying that Jesus is coming. There is one who's coming. Who's going to take away the sins of the world. That one is the righteousness from God. Comes through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, we have to believe in it. We have to believe it. And we only believe it through faith. To all who believe, there is no difference. For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. In other words, we've all sinned. We're all sinners, every one of us. We all fall short every day, don't we? But thank God that God's grace is more than sufficient for all of us. And he gives it to us freely that we can turn to God through repentance. By just asking forgiveness for our sins. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says this. In Him, we have redemption. We have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Amen? We have redemption through His blood. It took a sacrifice for us to be redeemed. It took a sacrifice in the Old Testament, whether a dove, lamb, bull. It takes a blood sacrifice. Do you know Mark Lowry asked Billy Graham in his older age, in his end of his years, he asked him, Mr. Graham, is there anything that you wish you could say more of or tell us more of? And Billy Graham looked at him, he thought about it, he looked at him. He goes, you know, I I wish I preached more of the power of the cross and the blood of the Lamb. I wish I preached more of the power of the cross and the blood of the Lamb. Because it's the blood of the Lamb that cleanses and sets us free. It's the power of the cross that broke sin over our lives. We still don't understand fully the power of the cross and the, what the blood of the Lamb does. We can't, we don't comprehend it totally. Of all that it does. When we get to heaven, we will. And it's only by grace that we're getting there. Amen? It says in Ephesians 2. Verses 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. It is by grace you've been saved. not by the works of our hands, it's not by our good deeds, it's only by Jesus Christ and the grace of God that we've been saved. We can't earn our way to heaven, our good works can't get there, the Bible says it's only through Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life, no one goes to heaven except through him. I can be the best man this world has ever seen. I can be pure in my thoughts and in my heart. I can be the hardest working, most loving father and husband and grandfather. I can do everything right, but still miss heaven. By not accepting Jesus. I can do everything in my power. But I can't earn heaven. I won't gain heaven. It's only through the blood of the Lamb. It's only through accepting Jesus Christ. It's only through faith in believing in Him. It's only through believing in the Son of God that I can get there, no matter how good I am. And I guarantee you this, none of us are as good as God. (laughs) There's not one who is good except Jesus Christ, except our Lord and Savior. He is the only one who is good. Amen. Amen. That's what the Bible says. We have been born into a world of sin. We're full of sin. And if it wasn't by the free gift of grace, we would all die in our sins. It says, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's in John one seventeen. So what is the grace of God? So what is the grace of God? The grace of God is the unmerited love of God upon us. Even when we didn't deserve it. That is the grace of God. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. That is the grace of God. While I was in my sin, grace died for us. That is the grace of God. It is the grace of God that He took my punishment upon Himself, He bore my stripes that he didn't deserve, that I deserved. That is the grace of God. I'll give you a quote from Smith Wigglesworth. Grace is God's benediction coming right down to you. And when you open the door to him, that is an act of faith. Christ does all you want and will fulfill all your desires. It is a faith that it might be of grace. You open the way to God to work as you believe his word and God will come and supply your every need every step of the way. That is the grace of God. When you open up your lives to God, when you open up your hearts to God, and you believe in Him, and have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, God's grace will guide you. He will give you your heart's desire, and He will, he will guide and be with you every step of the way. Whether wherever you are in your life, God will be with you. Always. He promised us that when he told his disciples that I would be with you right up to the very end of the age. That means God's grace is going to be with us right to the very end. People, uh, I've heard people say all the time, that the time of grace is being lifted. That the time of great grace is over. I've heard Christians say this. Believers, leaders in the church. That there's a time of great grace that's going to be lifted up off this earth. I don't believe that one bit. Because the Bible tells me in Second Peter 3, verse 9... That the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. Now is that not grace? That is grace still on this earth today. Still alive and well today. That is a gift from God that all of them come to know Him. That is the unmerited love of God upon us. I look at grace as a covering or a protection or being under God's wings of protection. It's like a blanket covering you. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. As some understand slowness. See, we truly don't understand the Lord. We don't. We don't truly understand the Lord fully. We don't fully know. Because we're not fully known. When we go to heaven, we will. Fully understand. The Lord, a day is like like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. We don't know. All the mysteries of God. But God is patient with us, not wanting any one of us to perish. He wants us all to come under His protection, He wants us all to come under His grace, His love for us, to know Him. He wants us all to know Him. And by knowing Him, that is by knowing His Son, Jesus Christ. By knowing His Word. By getting into His Word. That's knowing Him. By prayer. Do you know when we pray, we we become closer and closer to God. Just like the more we read our Word, it's closer and closer to God we get. The more we pray, the closer we get to God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be close to God all the time. And I don't know about you, this world pulls me away all the time. Because there's things in this world that draw us away. Because the world is at war with God. And if it can keep you away from prayer, if it can keep you away from the word then the world is winning. But God is still patient with us, isn't he? It says in the word, he is patient. He is slow to anger. He doesn't want anyone to perish. But all, every one of us to come into repentance. You know what repentance means? It means turning away and turning towards. Turning away from your sins and turning toward God. That's what Jesus wants. That's what God wants. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are all the same. Amen? Amen. And I don't know about you, but for me as a sinner who's been saved by grace, when people say that the time of great grace is gone, I don't know about you, but anybody who's been saved by grace, by God, who was in sin, terrible sin, I call that great grace. Because to me, into my heart, into my personal life, that, that is great grace to me. That is awesome, great, huge grace. I can't even measure it because it means something to me personally. It means something to me personally that God would look down upon me while I was in my sin and call me out of it. That he loved me so much and cared for me so much that he said, no, I don't want you doing that anymore. I'm going to give you a couple options. You choose. He doesn't say no. He doesn't drag me by my arm or my leg or hair or whatever. He says, no, you know what you're doing wrong. You shouldn't be doing it anymore. You can choose whether to keep doing it. If you do, these are your options, or you can turn to me. And to me, that's great grace, because it's personal to me. And it means a lot to me. It might not mean a lot to you about my grace, but when God pulls you out of your sin and you realize it and you know that God did it, it'll mean a lot to you personally because you know without a shadow of a doubt that God did that for you and that God actually cares for you and that he actually loves you and that he has a plan for you. A plan for you to prosper and to be in good health. And he has prepared works for you to do in advance. That he wants you to do. To me, that's the greatest grace I've ever noticed. I've ever witnessed. To me, that's the greatest love I've ever felt. That's great grace. And it's because it's personal. Personal to me. It's more valuable than gold and diamonds, I wrote down. It's more valuable than gold or diamonds. One word from God is more valuable than any treasure here this world can offer. One word from God can redirect your whole life. And can set you on a path toward Him. Because I'm going to tell you the kingdom of heaven is worth more than this world has ever has to offer. And the kingdom of heaven is more beautiful than we can even create. Because if God can create the heavens and the earth, and when we look up at the sky and see all the stars in the galaxy and the Milky Way and how beautiful and vast it is, greater than anything I could ever create it or even think of. worth more than millions and billions and trillions of dollars. One word from God. One word from God can change a nation. One word from God can bring a nation to its knees. Look at what happened in Nineveh. When Jonah went there, even though he didn't want to go, he went there and changed the nation. Nineveh back then was no small city. It was a huge city. There's hope for New York City. (laughs) There's hope for all the major cities in America. As long as God's grace is there and God's grace is always there. For those who turn to him. God's grace called me out of my sin and He covered me with His shed blood. He died for me on a cross while I was still a sinner. And you know God is doing that today? He's doing it right now for somebody in this world. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing grace. That God's grace is continuous. And it's continual. It's at work, even at this very moment, in somebody's life, changing them, turning them toward Him, giving them the opportunity to say, forgive me, I'm a sinner, save me, help me, Lord Jesus. Come into my life, I want to change. I feel your presence, I feel your love. Help me. That's going on right now, I guarantee it, somewhere in the world, somebody is accepting Jesus Christ. He's doing it today, he'll be doing it the next minute, the next hour, the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year. He is working, he is moving. And his grace is more than sufficient. His grace will never run out. His grace is eternal. God is pretty amazing, isn't he? God is pretty amazing. God is pretty perfect, isn't he? His ways are perfect. The Bible says, His ways are above my ways. His thoughts above my thoughts. Just think of God. Who is perfect. Who has never made a mistake. Who is holy and righteous. Who is completely void of sin. He's full of goodness and he's full of love. God who has never failed at anything in his life. Never failed at anything. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Who always wins. Wins, wins, wins. Just like Donald Trump said, we're going to keep on winning, 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 winning. (laughs) You're going to get tired of winning so much, you're going to say, well, let's just lose one. (laughs) I had to say that, but that's God. God is always, He's a winner. He's never lost. And He'll never lose. He keeps on winning, winning, winning. God is perfect. Just imagine if God was your lawyer, He'd never lose a case. If God was a doctor, He'd never lose a patient. And you know what? God is a lawyer. And he's up there in heaven right now. Actually, he's the high priest up there in heaven right now. Ever making intercession for you. And praying for you. Think about that. That God cares so much for you that he's praying for you. You know, in all of God's perfectness, nevertheless, when we as sinful children go into rebellion, when we as sinful children go into rebellion, or wallow in our sin and self-pity, He calls us to Repentance. With loving open arms, saying, come here, my son or daughter. Like the prodigal son, who returned. Who returned to God, says, come here. Come home. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. More than sufficient for you. My grace loves you, covers you, protects you, keeps you. Now, does God's grace give us a license to sin? No. Paul says that clearly. No. Just because you're under grace doesn't mean it gives you a license to sin. By no means. It opens our heart not to want to sin anymore. When someone shows you unconditional love like God and like Jesus and you receive that love and you know that love and you feel that love and it means something to you, you don't want to love that person giving that love. You don't want to hurt that person giving you that love and showing you that love by no means. You don't want to do anything in your power to hurt them. All you want to do is love them back. You don't want to hurt them. That's why you quit sinning. Because you don't want to hurt God. Over and over and over again. And it's not Elijah to say, well, I'll just ask God for forgiveness. Well, then you really haven't accepted his love in the first place. You really haven't understood it in the first place. All of what God has done. God's grace is unmerited love. We didn't earn his love. But he shed it upon us anyways. He gave it to us freely. It's a gift. And he gave it through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. He gave it through the cross and through his blood. He gave us his son who knew no sin to be sin. So that we could be called the righteousness of God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Let's stand for the blessing and I'll close there. Thank you, Jesus. God is good all the time. time. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for... This day, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you, Lord, that your hands are upon us. Lord, I pray that any word, Lord God, that I've spoken today that's not of you would fall away. But any word, Lord God, Lord God, that you've spoken through me, Lord God, that you would use and speak to your people. Lord, open our ears, open our eyes, Lord God, open our hearts to receive all that you had for us today and all that you have for us this week. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless us and that you would keep us. That, Lord, you would make your face shine upon us and that, Lord, you would be gracious to us. That, Lord, you would turn your face toward us and that you would give us peace on all sides. And I just pray that, Lord, that you would just bless us this day, Lord God, and keep us this day, keep us close to you. And Lord, I pray that you would keep the enemy from us and keep us from the enemy. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen.